Welcome to the podcast for We Hope Glasgow. We're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this message from Sunday. May it be a blessing to you today. The 24th of June, which means we are as far away from Christmas Eve as it is possible to be. And now every Sunday, every day brings us one step closer to the watch night service. Uh, on Christmas Eve, uh, starting at 11 o'clock, you can put that in your diaries. Christmas Eve, watch night service. The elders are super excited about watch night services and inviting the community in Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve! Yeah, I know. So we're, we're getting there. So we're, we're starting to move towards that. Yeah, here we come. Anyways, uh, that's a few weeks away still, though. <laughs> um, over the last couple weeks, I've been, I've been in a Not Jeremiah series. And during this Not Jeremiah series, I talked a bit about how God speaks a few weeks ago. And we looked, about, we looked a few weeks ago about how God teaches in Jeremiah chapter 1, Jeremiah to hear from God, to rightly understand what God's saying, and then how to act or how to respond based on what, what God is saying. And so we, we read that in chapter 1, and then you, you see, starting in chapter 1, but throughout that whole book, th- this phrase over and over and over again, the word of the Lord, or the word of Yahweh, came to Jeremiah. And then, and then it goes on to describe what Jeremiah was to hear and how he was to respond. In, in fact, I, I did a search on it and um, just to see how many times, and it was amazing that more than any book in the Bible by far, that phrase shows up. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The, sorry, not to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. And that, comes, that shows up more in the book of Jeremiah than any other book by far with, with Ezekiel um, being, being the next book that, that shows up as, um, often. But anyways, it shows up so often. Today I want to talk about um, when the word of the Lord comes to us and, and how to respond to it. And, and I did talk about that very personally uh, as, as individuals a few weeks ago. But I want to talk about that as, as it responds to us as a church. Us as a church and, and specifically over the first half of this year, I want to talk, uh, this is a little bit of a different message th- this Sunday. It's, it's not the typical message. It's, it's a little bit more of a vision Sunday, but, but not really like what we're going to experience in August. I know what we're going to be talking about in August. I think it's the 27th of August or something like that on Vision Sunday. But this is a bit of an update, a, a, a crucial timely update about the things that God has been saying during this springtime. And kind of where it seems like he's taking us um, as a church over over the next the next bit ahead. I believe, I believe that we are gonna look back at this season that we are in as a third significant season in our church's history. Well, one, our first one took place, and I'm not valuing them, but just a third one. Um, the first one took place in 2008, in January 2008, where all of a sudden the church just, God just moved and the church just took off in January 2008. Another one was in 2011, when God, well, end of 2010 and into 2011, when God opened up this space and, and we were able to, to thrive and just go into a, a new season like that. I, I, I've seen God bring us as a church to, to big moments, significant moments. I, I've seen how it's been like as he's been speaking leading up to it. I, I've remembered the stress and the uncertainty and the tensions going through it. And then watching God just uh, uh, bring us into an, an exciting new era. And I just see so many common factors in the now. And, and so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that. Now, obviously, I can't promise anything. <laughs> 
you know, when, when God moves, he, he moves, and it's, it's him and his timing and, and all of that. But, but as I'm praying and listening, and, and as, as your church leadership is praying and listening, I, I just feel like it's time to hold on. God, I think God's about to do something, uh, bring us into one of those big moments in, in our church's story thus far. So I'll talk about where God's leading us in a bit, but first I want to just make sure we're on the same page about how God leads churches in, in the New Testament and, and how God leads leaders and, and a bit about the, some of the discernment processes that, that I would go through as, as kind of a leader and making sure that, that I'm not just making this up, but that God's really in this. And I, and I hope that you'll find it a bit helpful, whether it's getting on the same page with us as a church or just to understand how, how our church leadership works or maybe even personally, the discernment process of, of hearing from God and kind of filtering through over time, is it, is it Him? Uh, is it Him speaking or are we just making it up? When it comes to churches and how they're led, uh, there's different, I don't know if you know this, but there's different denominations and different thoughts of, of out there about how this is done. But, but one thing that ought to be the same in, in every church on the planet and, and this is where all churches ought to start, is that Jesus of Nazareth is the head of the church. That, that's, that's, where, that's where our theology begins when it comes to, to how the church is led. And this church, every church individually, every person in the church individually, and, and the church globally, Jesus of Nazareth is the head of the church. No Jesus, no church. Uh, he purchased uh, a people... Uh, from every tongue, tribe, people, and nation, by his own blood he purchased them. And he's, he's made a church. Now, not all who go to church are a part of Jesus' church, but everyone who's given their life to Jesus are, are a part of that church and become part of his family. So Jesus is the head of the church, starting point number one. Uh, not us. And so then the aim of the leaders of the church, whatever structure, whatever structure, is to follow the leading and the directing and the prompting of Jesus. That is the job of the leadership of the church, to, to guide the, 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 the congregation, the people, and, and to be about Jesus' mission and his purposes for why he started that church and why he's kept it open. Because he closes churches and he opens churches, and he's done that all throughout the history of the world. So why are we, do I, why are we still allowed to exist and thrive and experience his presence? Uh, that our aim is to make sure we stay on, on Jesus' plans and purposes. So um, the Bible talks about human leadership. It talks about okay, Jesus is the head of the church, but he also talks about like, you know, apostles and prophets and elders and teaching elders and all, all kinds of leaders. Uh, I'm an elder here. I'm, I'm a teaching elder here. Um, currently, there's six elders in your church. We meet every month, and we, we talk about what, what's going on, and then we pray, and we pray hard. And in fact, I think that the prayer meeting where it's, it's us elders praying hard for, for you, for us, it, it's, it's one of my favorite moments of the, the month. It, it, my, my wife knows just how much I just come home just buzzing from the, the elders' time. The, the, I, we just have a great uh, group of elders who really do love you and who are, are praying hard for, for what's going on here. So anyways, our elders, I take, take the role really seriously around here because... The Bible is clear that the Holy Spirit has made them overseers. And you can see that in, in Acts chapter 20. This isn't just something that we have done or we've decided, but in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, about elders and overseers, depending on your translator, uh, translations, uh, it says this in Acts 20. It says uh, to elders, be on guard for yourselves 
And for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you to as overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he's purchased with his own blood. So we, we, take, uh, we take our job very seriously, not as just something that, you know, like somebody thought was a good idea, but, but the Holy Spirit was a part of the appointing of, of, of our leaders. And, and so it's a, it's a pretty sacred duty. So we, we believe as elders here that it's our job to live rightly, to re- live rightly before God, to seek to guard the church from the enemy's plans and schemes, whether, and, and whether it's wolves, dealing with wolves, or whether it's just dealing with, with whatever the enemy's going to come up with. We, we believe it's our job to make sure that people are cared for, cared for, discipled well, using their gifts well, uh, and, and basically to make sure that our church is following Jesus, to lead our church to following le- Jesus' leadings. That's that's what we believe our, our, our main jobs are. Now, if you've been around here for a while, you know. Like, you know that, that um, we take listening to Jesus very seriously as a leadership here in this church. You, you, you know that, that we have this thing called pre-service prayer. I, I hope that you're a part of it, which is basically your elders, the elders in this church, calling you to join them in seeking God for his favor on this church and for listening to, to what he might be saying. We're, 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 showing, we're calling in pre-service prayer. Your elders are, are praying to God for, for him to pour out during each gathering, to pour out in our city, and to hear what he wants to say. And, and they're inviting you. They're inviting everyone to join them in that God-seeking process. And, and when we do that, it's very strategic. There's three ways that we're seeking to listen to Jesus and his leading during pre-service prayer. The obvious one is we do have a time of maybe a minute or two at the end of, Jesus, is there anything that you want to say? And we just pause as whatever, whatever it is, 30 people, 80 people, depending on the service. Like, God, what is it that you want to say? Is there anything else you want to say? And we listen. We listen. We take that seriously. But, but also during the pre-service prayer, um, we, we start it by inviting the Holy Spirit to lead us in our prayers, which we believe he does. And part of the listening is listening to what people are praying about. Because we've asked the Spirit to lead us. And, you know, if you've been around a pre-service prayer several times, you'll just hear different themes in different seasons popping up. And we think God is, is putting things on people's hearts at different times, different seasons of, of His priorities. And so we, we, have, we invite the Holy Spirit to, to lead and we listen to what's being prayed. And, and thirdly, and connected to that, at the end, it's, it's hugely significant, we spend 10 minutes asking people to share the things that they were that they were praying for things specifically on their heart and we've gone so we we take this so seriously we've built a digital infrastructure where someone is putting writing down what is being shared and what happens with that information is it it gets synthesized and then uh, then every week on tuesdays the elders and the staff get to hear and what we're using that information for is is to see god are are you bringing up the themes week after week that we we want to be paying attention to we take, this, we take this very seriously, and, and, and specifically that time of listening, besides the fact that Shagan was shining his light on Sam Steen's eyes as he was trying to, to share this morning. Uh, he does take it seriously, and, and, we, and, we, and we, do, we do care. We love, we love this church. Uh, but anyways, so we're, we're taking our job seriously as trying to follow Jesus, and, and I think you know that. We're, we're trying to discern his, his priorities and directions. We want, we want to invite you to be a part of that, that God's seeking with us. As many who want, and I just can't encourage you enough to be a part of that. We want to hear from God. We want to run after God hard together. 
Uh, anyway, so that's a bit of kind of some of the heart and the practices of, of, of the church and, and your, your leadership here. Now, this January, this past January, I uh, started the year in a three-week no-food fast. And as most of you remember, we invited you to join us in a week of fasting with your elders in, in the middle of January. And I know lots of people um, did that and, and joined us in that. And we, we, during that time of fasting, we called on God for big breakthroughs and, and for us to lead us forward with, with favor, with favor, both personally, uh, individually, and, and as a church, just calling on God to, to bring breakthrough. I think that we're going to look back at that January as, as a time where things started to break and where, where things started to move and where, where, where things started to happen. It's not that it was discernible in January. It wasn't like we, we, we ended our fasting week and, and, and everything was different and changed. But I think that since then we've been starting to see uh, a, a growing momentum towards our future that, that, that really seemed to trace back to that significant month. It, it reminds me that month of where we did fasting as, as elders and staff and leaders and whoever wanted to be a part of it. It reminds me of, of how the church was being led in the book of Acts. And specifically what we read in Acts chapter 13. Again, fasting isn't required, but, but we see this example here in Acts chapter 13. And we, re, we read this in Acts 13 verse 1. It says, In the church that was at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, uh, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, the Cyrenian, uh, Manian, uh, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, which is Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, Paul. As they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Isn't that the kind of church you want to be a part of? Where, where the kind of leaders that, that you want to follow, a church where your leaders spend time fasting and, and, and praying and seeking whatever direction the Holy Spirit might, might, might give. Well, that's, that's kind of the church we are and, and you're, you're a part of. And, and more, it's more that's the, that's the kind of church you're being invited to participate in. Participate in and to seek God with us. I, 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 I love this church. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. It's, it's my fave. It's my favorite. But anyways, we, but I'm not saying we're always going to get it right. right? I'm not going to say we're always going to get it right. We're, but, but you can say that we are trying. And we're trying hard and with a lot of intentionally to hear from Jesus and to follow the leadings of Jesus, the head of the church, uh, being led along by the Holy Spirit. Anyway, so flowing out of January, uh, and this is where I'm going to be kind of catching you up to speed of kind of some of the conversations that are taking place. Uh, there was a couple big themes that we felt like Jesus was talking to us about uh, flowing out of January. Uh, first, there is a sense that, there is a, a sense that God is leading us through a God-led transition. God's leading us as a church through a God-led transition season, and that season has a few parts to it. Uh, I think we've been seeing 
a lot of that uh, unfolding over the last six months or so. We've had a lot of staff transition over the last six months. God is in this. This is is one of those we praise God, not because it's it's the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Like God's at work. He's doing something here. We're sad about this, but we're happy about Jesus. Anyways, God's doing this, this, um, this great transition work, and we've seen people moving off of staff like like Alan and Hannah and Luke and Katrina and Crooksy and Jamie transitioning towards God's next for them um, while bringing in new people. Uh, Craig being the first, the first and there, there's more to come. Now, I just want to just let you know, there's nothing weird going on. I haven't become a secret monster <laughs> Be, behind, behind the scenes, at least in my humble opinion. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing a go. We've, we've gone through seasons like this before. That this is not the first time where we've gone through moments of intentional transition leading up to God's next step. So that, that's, uh, we, but we, we got a heads up that that's kind of what God's been, been uh, talking to us about. And we've been uh, aware of that going through this season. Now there's been a lot of surprises. I had no idea all that, the transitions that we were walking into. But other, other than God just kind of saying, hey, this is going to happen. Be calm. It's okay. Also in January, after the week of fasting, the elders unanimously felt... Now, the, 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 the elders' meeting was the 23rd of January. I think it's like the Tuesday right after the fasting week. This, this elders' meeting ranks up there, in my opinion, as one of the most powerful Holy Spirit presence, unity kind of conversations where we were having conversations about things that we hadn't talked about before and yet it was just so God's presence and confirmation in in the room it was just a a special time and we felt we felt this 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 sense of, of agreement where where God was talking to us about you know taking worship and stuff like that to another step another step and again just with with a, an excited unity about that so we, we came out of that season with a sense of God's leading us into some transitions, some changes, some, some God-inspired updating a little bit. Does God inspire updating? Yeah, I mean, he, he, says, in the, he says in his own words, you know, sing a new song. Sing a new song. Thanks, Craig, for that this morning. Sing a new song. And uh, not that he gets tired of the old songs, for sure, but, but there, there's, a time, there's a time for that. There's a time for that. Um, now, this isn't really what I want to talk about. I'm, I'm leading up to something else. But, but I do want to say, now that Craig's here, we are going to be experimenting with a few different things. Different things. Um, and some of them you've seen and you're not too bothered by. We moved the keyboard from the front of the stage to the back of the stage. Did that throw you off? Uh, I hope not. We've moved Craig's pedals from the front of the stage to behind him, most of his pedals. Um, part of it just clearing a little bit of, uh, off the front of the stage so it doesn't seem like, like a wall. Just kind of, it, just some subtle things. Um, we, we're making, now, I also want to say that some of the changes we're making we're, we'll love. And some of them we won't even notice. And some of them we'll hate and we'll, we'll, we'll change. That. It, it, we, might, we might not like every change. We're, we're going to go into a season of just kind of experimenting with some things. We're trying to update our lighting and things like that. Why are we trying to update the lighting? Well, uh, specifically for two reasons. One, for the stream. Barna tells us that people will stream a service now up to three times or around three times before they'll visit for the first time. So we're like, oh, Maybe we should attend to the quality of that. In fact, even this week, we're kind of working on some of the audio of that. You're welcome. Uh, 
working on some of the audio there. We'll make sure that the lighting is a little bit better for that. Um, so we, we've got the stream going. And, and also, you know, people listen to, to um, the message. I mean, there's a good chance that many of you, before you visited, you either listened to a message or you watched the stream just so you knew what you were getting into um, before, before coming into the church. If not, you, uh, the person next to you probably did. But, but that happens. And so we're kind of being mindful of, of that. Um, so if you're seeing some changes, some a little bit changes, we're just experimenting with some things. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Just know we're intentionally experimenting with a few different things. Some we're going to love, some we might not love, but we're, we want to do this in an environment of grace and patience and love. Uh, we're just going to try a few things. Um, so we, we consider ourselves in a, in a season of transition and some changes. Now, why would we do that? Why would we mess with this church that we love? Why would we change anything? Well, obviously it's not for you. We're not making changes for you. That, that's not what we're doing. I, I don't think any of you have ever been bothered by our horrific lighting in, in, in this situation. I don't think anybody was annoyed by, by, by anything like that. The changes that we're making are for people not yet here. The changes that we're making are for the 15-year-old who doesn't know Jesus, who's, who's not in Glasgow, and who's going to be moving to Glasgow someday for university, but they don't know it yet. And God's going to bring this person who doesn't know God to this city, and they're going to, they're going to have a rough go, potentially. And, and yet somehow, God's going to work on their heart while they're in this city to, 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 to find out. And they're going to Google church and they're going to somehow find this church, and they're going to stream it, and they're like, wow, what nice lighting on that stream. <laughs> and, then, and then they're going to dare to walk in these doors, which is a scary thing. If you've ever walked into a church for the first time, uh, it, it can be unnerving, even if you know Jesus. And they're going to come in here, and, and the environment is just going to be like, oh, this is a place that, that fits kind of where, where I'm at. Um, it's, it's difficult to know when to update a church, and most churches get it wrong by a couple decades. You don't really realize that you're out of date uh, until it's way too late, right? And when do you decide? So every couple years, I'm assuming we'll just try and keep pushing on subtle updates, subtle updates, and, uh, but it's not for the people who are here. It's for the next, next generation, and I don't, I don't expect it to be super extreme until we knock down the organ, but I won't talk about that right now. No, um, it, it's, just a, it's just about those who aren't here and for that next, next generation. It was, anyways, that's, that's just kind of free. But another, another thing that came out during the time of fasting was a, a strong sense, and this is what I really wanted to let you know today, a strong sense that God's calling us to to be planting some more campuses, but here in Glasgow. And, and that idea that someday, uh, and, and I remember getting this picture very clearly when, uh, during the fasting time, um, of a center campus with like campuses in the north and the south and the, the east and the west. And just campuses around the city, one church, uh, many locations. So that was in January, but and I, and I had that sense, but how would I go about determining if that was God or if that was just me making this up? Well, there's some checks that I went through, and I'm going to tell you the checks that I went through. But um, some of these checks might not be exactly how you would go through them, but you're going to get a, an idea of how to test a, a bit of a word from God. 
uh, here's some things that I did to kind of determine, hey, is this, was I hearing correctly uh, when it came to this idea of campuses? The first thing I did was a Bible check. A Bible check. Now, this is relatively swift because I have kind of read the Bible a couple times. Is there anything in the Bible that would indicate that this, this potential word from God, in this case, planting more campuses, is a clear no? Is this something that God is not okay with, just in the Bible? Now, for our situation, the answer is absolutely not. The Bible is full of churches starting, even with multi locational leadership oversight. That's just how it was when, when a lot of the churches were starting because there wasn't a lot of leaders. People were coming to Christ and it took a while to get elders established in, in, in different places. So first thing we want to decide is, is, is this a definite no, this is not God based on, based on the word. And so from our perspective, we're like, okay, no, the, the Bible is not opposed to this idea. In fact, it, it's, it's, yeah, that, that's not a, a challenge there. The second check that I did is I wanted to evaluate past words from God. And, and for me, you know, looking at dreams or visions or even going back to some of the reasons I moved here, some of the things that were on God's heart even a couple decades ago, 20 years ago or so. Has God been talking about this in ways that I haven't really been focused on? Is he bringing back to the forefront some of the original vision stuff that he's been putting on, on, on our heart? Uh, I've been putting on my heart for a long period of time. Is this the first time I've heard about this, or is, has God been speaking about this for a while? So I review. I review past words from God. The third thing that I did, and this is where we, we may veer, um, I brought it to the elders. Now, in your situation, you bring it to the mature, trusted believers that, that, you, that pray and that, that care about you and love you and, and just kind of as a as a sounding board. So on the 23rd of January, I brought this idea to, to the elders here. We prayed about it. Uh, we committed the idea to the Lord. Uh, being, hey God, if, if this is the path that you're going to lead us on, we're willing, we're, we're willing to do this. Um, you know, we're willing. It's, it's out there. We're, we're on board if that's what you want to do. Um, we just kind of committed the idea to the Lord. In that same category, then I, I brought it to the staff, and that's the same category of, of bringing it to mature, trusted leaders. You can see, though, like in church leadership, you go to the elders and then do that with the staff as well. Again, an openness, and nobody is like, you know, I feel this isn't from God. In fact, we were going around after the fasting week, hey, what was God speaking to you about? What, what do you think God was speaking to you about? What was, and we're kind of going around in a circle, and, and Crooksy is on my right, and, and he starts sharing about God's, God and this, this idea of wanting to potentially someday being a, a campus pastor here in Glasgow of a, di of a different campus. And I'm like, that's very interesting. <laughs> uh, and, he's, and he's sharing it first, but he's like, now it's not the time. Now it's not the time for that. And how God was telling him, it's not quite time for that. But, but anyway, so he's sharing, and, and, then, and then I kind of shared with the staff and, uh, uh, about that. Um, yeah, so just, just looking for that, those kind of confirmations. Or is this, is, how are people, mature believers, responding to this idea? And then, um, fifthly, uh, I keep my eyes open for God-revealed confirmations. God-revealed confirmations. Is there, is there any, is God out there confirming through, through other ways? So that, that's kind of where I was at for a while. Um, and we just kind of with that idea out there before the Lord, not, not having a sense of urgency on it, just like this is just one of those pieces out there. However, just about three weeks ago, 
I had some pretty significant confirmations to this, and which has accelerated my, my desire to, to talk to us about this today. I would have normally had an elders meeting, or a uh, uh, members meeting, members meeting about this, but um, just wasn't quite time, and I felt like it was just too urgent uh, to, to put that all together. But I had a, some pretty, pretty, on the 31st of May, I was being prayed over by some people who don't really know this church, people I trust, but who don't know the church or really much about what's going on here. But during that prayer time, they started just talking about like, what they felt like God was saying. And, and in their words, they were saying, and again, they don't know what's going on. They're like, God is moving you into a new era as a church. And, and, and I see it's like a network of churches, but under the same name. It's, 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 a, it's a network, same brand, same brand, like Rehope churches, but like a network, but, but, but you're going to be kind of leading these churches in this city and beyond under the same name and brand, loyal staff, but you're going to, and they're describing it. Now, they, they, they use those words, which made sense to them, but we call that campuses, campuses. And we have one in Belfast, so we kind of know what it looks like. But, but this, this idea of having more campuses in the city, I was like, wow, that is a very strong confirmation for people who don't know what, what, we're, what we're doing or what we're thinking or what we're talking about. So I was stunned by that confirmation. And, uh, and I hadn't really said much about this other than to the elders and the staff. So that was a Thursday. Um, and then sixthly, sixthly is I keep my, my, my eyes open for... for um, God-initiated opportunities which match the revelation. That's, that's the next thing. That, that I don't want to force anything to happen because it's not just about what, it's about when. And so I, am, I don't want to waste, waste a whole bunch of energy trying to make what God was going to do happen. Um, but I want to be quick to jump when God opens up the doors and, and to be bold at the right moment. So I, I keep my eyes open for God-initiated opportunities which matches revelation. And so the very next day after that Thursday moment, I'm just going to say that again. The very next day after that Thursday moment of confirmation, which would have been the 1st of June, it was a Friday. And I had just finished me message writing, and I just sent it to Stefan, which is, which is what you do. By the way, if you preach here, just send it to Stefan. Or, or now you can send it to Craig. It's, it's fun. So I sent it to Stefan, and, um, and then I got a message about a potential building uh, here in the city. Now, now, truth be told, I'd heard about it a few weeks earlier, and, and Ethan, my son, and I, we, we drove down to it, but it was, it's just too out of our zone. I'm, and I'm like, okay, I, it's, it's a great building. It's a huge building. It, it sees like, you know, 1,100 people or something like that. It's huge. It's over three times the size of this building here. And, but as far as like us moving to this location, it was just, it was just too huge. So, sorry, not too huge. It was too far away. So I'm like, that's, that's just not for us. But I was there, and this was now a few weeks later, and I'd just been confirmed and confirmed to this campus's idea. And Peter's like, hey, Brian, I think we should look at this a little bit more seriously with the idea of maybe a campus starting. A campus starting. I was like, oh, wait. This is a little bit different than I, what I wanted. I like the idea of having a center campus and then planting other campuses after establishing a center campus. This doesn't fit the order of my preferences, but it, it does match up with the potential leading of God. So I'm going I'm to explore this a little bit more, uh, especially while we continue to wait in, in a bit of frustration that this center campus hasn't really opened up. 
So that, that idea of, of starting a campus before we move here, it was a paradigm shift a bit for me. And, and I was like, what if God is releasing us to, to set up a Southside campus in the way that he's been talking about um, while, while we stay here in this building as we continue to wait for our main, our main campus to open up? And currently, St. Jude's, which is one that we would love to, to purchase, they keep telling us to buzz off. So we're, we're, in, the, we're in the slow waiting game again, again with them. But again, we've explored so many things for center campuses over the years, warehouses and different church buildings and all that kind of stuff. So anyways, with this idea of a, a Southside campus, I drove down there south of Queens Park, and I looked at this building again, but this time with the eyes of a campus, and I was like, if we ever did have a Southside campus, this would be a perfect location for a Southside campus. It's, it's huge. It's, it's, um, it's in a great place. It's a great location. And, and just like you would hope for Rehope, it has infamously rubbish parking. Uh, <laughs> you're like, perfect. Sign us up. Uh, there, there's not a... Uh, that, that's our, our boxes. So anyway, so it, it's got terrible parking, so we know it's probably right. Uh, so I went down, had a walkthrough of this building on the south side, and, and we are now, we're going to make an offer on it in mid-July, which is why I had to accelerate this chat. Uh, there's going to be a closing date in mid-July, so that's, I wanted to catch you up to speed before we get there, especially because uh, it's pray time. Now, why would, we, why would we make an offer on this church building? Well, we're wondering... If God is saying, now is the time to start acting on what he's been speaking about flowing out of the fasting time in January, even though the order of things is not my preferred order. Also, there's lots of people in our church that live on the south side who might consider making that their own campus. In fact, when you think of north, south, east, and west, that's probably the most strategic first direction. And if people did go to that campus, there would be heaps more space here and definitely heaps more space there. Uh, it'd be part of that uh, kind of a short-term answer to, to that prayer that we've been praying for a long time. I would be preaching at both campuses. So we'd probably do like a 10 a.m. there, and then I'd drive back here. Now you're already stressing out. What if? What if he doesn't make it? I've got a plan. I'm going to, Ruth's going to have five stories in her mind. Just Start with story number four, and I'll somehow tie it in to, no, 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 no. Uh, but I'm, I'll, teach the, I'll probably go down there, do pre-service prayer, preach down there, drive back here, preach here, hang out afterwards. That, that sort of, uh, of an idea. It will really feel like just another service here uh, of our church. And um, we're going to have a campus pastor at each location. And that campus pastor is going to design a core leadership team of, of people in this church for each location, about six to eight people who are going to say, okay, I'm going to give extra above and beyond time here to make an aspect of our church great, whether it's welcome or whether it's just whatever it might be. So we're going to, then we'll have the business and infrastructure and, and support will come from a central staff team, which will support both campuses. Uh, it's going to be, we've learned a lot from what we've done in Belfast, and it's just going to be so much easier being in the same city. And now, I'll tell you a little bit more about the building that we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're looking at to make an offer on. I'm going to show you a picture or two of the building, but I want to make sure it's in the right box in your mind. Okay. We have pursued many buildings. 
and thus far every door has been closed. So I'm going to show you a couple pictures and a couple maps, but that's so that you can pray. But it's really important to know that if this doesn't, this one doesn't turn out, we are likely exploring planting a Southside campus at some point as God opens the right doors. So just want to keep that in mind. So I'll show you the pictures, but again, we're praying about this. This isn't necessarily it. So here's a picture of the building, outside of the building. It's red. It's, it's red. Is it there? Great. Uh, and in, inside of the building picture, uh, it's, it's, is anybody going to stay here? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty large. I mean, it's huge, huge space. It's, it's like basically, a, this, this building I think is a little under 4,500 square feet. That's 11,000 square feet, not including the balcony as a building. A uh, pretty huge space. It, here's a map of where it is. And if you want to st stock it. So you basically, Queens, where are we at here? Where are we at? Oh, that, that's, that's Queens Park right there, that, that blob there. And the red mark is just, you can see the little red bit there. That's kind of where it is, just to the south down there. Uh, another map, which is a little bit more zoomed in on the area. Queens Park is there. And it's just kind of down to the south down there. Now, if you want to stock it, here's the postcode. I mean, prayer walk it. G413JG. How do you remember that? G41. Who can't forget that? Psalm, Psalm 42. It's before Psalm 40. It's Psalm 40. What is Psalm 41? Anyways, what does Jeremiah 41 say? 3JG3, three three, like Trinity, Jesus is God. I don't know how, you can, you can think through it however you want. Now, so anyway, so that's, that may be, that may be um, God's next answer to prayer for us for our, our, our uh, more space. Maybe that's not it at all. Maybe that's not it at all. But we do feel like campuses is a, a place that God is leading us in the future. So I want you to kind of start tucking that away. And I, and I wanted to talk about this before Vision Sunday in August. Uh, again, I would have normally waited for a members meeting, but this is happening quickly. I mean, this has all been just in the last, I don't know, 20-some days. That's just been flying together. Now, you probably have a lot of questions about how are we going to do this? How is this going to work? If I live on the south side, do I have to go there? If I live in the west end, do I have to come here? No. There's no rules. There's no rules. You can live in Bearsden and go to the south side you can live next door to the Southside campus and come to the West End. It, 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 you can do whatever you want. Nobody freaks out. Nobody freaking out. How are we going to do worship with a band? We're going we're gonna, to we'll figure all that sort of stuff out. Um, I, I definitely have a plan, but probably the main question that you're asking yourself is, how many toilets? <laughs> I didn't count them, but there's a lot more than two. So, so uh so, yeah, that's, that's question one, sort of. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have all the answers to all the questions, but we're going to see. Uh, what would the timeline be? Well, middle of July, we'll kind of know. We'll make an offer, and by the end of the July, we'll kind of know if that offer is accepted or not. If it is accepted, they'll probably be moving out in the autumn, maybe somewhere between September and December. Probably do a little bit of a refresh, a little bit of a refresh. The building's in great shape, but a bit of a refresh. So I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of making this up, but some to end of the year, beginning of next year, kind of that sort of timeline. 
potentially. Um, maybe shorter, but you know how this is, it never goes quicker than you would hope when you're dealing with churches. Maybe longer, as is normally expected, but we'll see. Now, I know that we've mentioned this earlier, but we are in the process of, of quite a bit of staff turnover. And I really believe that God's doing this uh, partially because we would be having entirely new challenges with, with a new era like this, and entire new job descriptions would be needed for, for this sort of a change. So it's actually uh, a bit of a, 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 conf, a confirmation in some sort, almost like God is intentionally setting us up for, for, the, next, for the next era and as we move forward. And I, I find these days, days like this exciting, where it seems like God's spoken in a season of prayer and fasting where we have checked it with the Bible, just to make sure, where we've run past it, the elders, where we've run past the staff, where we've, we've been, you know, seeing other confirmations from other sources and then, and then looking for God, potentially opportunities that he might be putting in our, in our path. Very much similar like Acts 13. Um, if this isn't the place, it's still on our heart and it's worth knowing. But we really are trying to listen to God as, as your leaders here. We do want to follow his leading and and I, I may not know everything, and I can't promise anything, but I do know that God has some, a special future for us as a church. And you're here for a reason. That God's brought you here for a reason. And my guess is that if you stick around for the next 24 months or so, you're going to look back and marvel at what God has done in your church over these next few months. I've got three challenges. Three words, three challenges. Challenge number one, pray. Pray. Maybe in prayer walk around the building, G41, 3JG, Trinity, Jesus is God. Challenge number two, relax. For some of you, that's a challenge. Uh, relax. There might be a lot of little changes, experiments going on this year. Give some time. Give us some time just to safely test some things out in an environment of grace. We'll see how it goes. And thirdly, pray again. Pray for your leaders that God will continue to lead us clearly in all the changes and transitions and the big things and the big things ahead.